My lovely candies, I am so happy to be here. Welcome back to Candidly Speaking and welcome back to Pop Culture Friday. I'm so excited to bring you a fresh episode today. Last week we were without, it was the first time I skipped a Pop Culture Friday episode since I started doing this, but I was a little uh, overexerted. I am a TV host and I do a lot of freelance work And there was a lot of breaking news last week. I am currently in Wisconsin. That's where I'm from. That's where I've been since the beginning of the pandemic. And I don't know if you're up on the news, but last week in Wisconsin, there was some things going on in Kenosha. And then there was some after fall because of that. And then there's just a lot of stuff going on in the world. It's just been a busy, busy news cycle. I can say that for 2020 as a whole, been a lot of heavy news. Um, And so uh, there are times when, you know, I'm just called to do a lot of that stuff. I have to be ready and and ready to go. There was also in more local in my hometown, there was cold case murder that had been, you know, silent for almost 40 years and they arrested someone. And so we went to the courthouse to do a live shot of that news coming out. And again, it was just a very heavy week of news and a lot of things going on. And I just didn't have it in me to bring you guys an episode. And that's just the truth of the fact that I wear a lot of hats with what I do, being a freelancer, being a creative, everything that I do. I do a lot of things and I have a lot of balls in the air. And for the most part, when I'm organized and, you know, doing my thing really on schedule, I can pull it all off. But there are times when things go not according to plan or things are just thrown for a little loop and I get a little overwhelmed and I just need to give myself some grace. So this is just a lesson and a testament to the fact that you can't do it all. I can't do it all. And if you need to take a break and pull back there, that's okay. And, you know, don't use that as an excuse to keep not showing up. But if you really feel like you've just been overexerted, like listen to that voice because it's probably correct. That being said, that's enough of my spiel. We're going to get into the news because there's a lot of stuff to cover this week. So before I get started, this isn't necessarily one of my top five for the week, but I want to do a Bachelor recap. I want to do a Bachelor update because there's a lot going on in the Bachelor world and it's just getting juicy. So the first couple of things I want to talk about is that there was finally a promo released for Claire's season. There was a, a photo like a mock-up. It's like the, you know, when they make the movies, they have the cover feature. It's like the cover feature for Claire's season. And it got a little scuffle. Some people were saying that it would, they were poking at Claire's age and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I understand that. I will say as a creative and as someone who's produced content and made content, they've done how many seasons of The Bachelor? Almost 40, Bachelor, Bachelorette. And each season, they need to produce something different, correct? So they need to produce a different cover. The promo needs to be different. They need to produce something that keeps people coming back. And, you know, they need to pick an angle. They need to strategize and be like, okay, what are we going at with this angle? You know, with um, Colton, it was the virginity thing. With Hannah B, it was the beauty queen thing. They really, all her promos featured her in a crown and a beauty pageant type of stuff. And so they need to pick an angle. And I understand that from a producer standpoint, from a content creation standpoint, they need to pick something. So for Claire, like the story is really that she's been unlucky in love, (laughs) that she's, you know, almost 40. That's just the truth of the matter. I don't think they are shading her for being 40, but that she's had some really um, excruciating breakups, her breakup with Juan Pablo, and then her breakup with 
Benoit. And that she's just been unlucky in love. Like, that is her story. That she's been on this show. She's been a part of the franchise. And she's really given it her all. She believes in love wholeheartedly. And she hasn't, it hasn't worked out for whatever reason. So I don't see a lot of problem in what they're doing. I understand the people who are upset. But I also think from a creative standpoint, they need to pick something. They need to pick an angle to really hang their hat on for what they're going to start marketing the season at. And that's what they got. That's the best they could do. That's, That's what her story is. Also notably, they released uh, like a video montage of her season recently, which really does not feature Taisha at all. Notably, a lot of people were saying that. And I can understand that because this is really Claire's season. And it's not, I mean, it's not Claire and Taisha's season. It never intended to be that. Taisha's going to come in and at the end, it will be known as Claire and Taisha's season. But to start out, it's Claire's season. And I understand that they need to give her that space. They need to give her that respect of like having her own season. And we're going to watch her story unfold. And as we are assuming, as we already know, her story will then include Taisha coming in to take over. But until that happens, like this is Claire's season. Taisha coming in to take over is part of Claire's season and her journey. So I totally understand and respect why they left Taisha out of the first promo. I don't think there's any need to put her into her own promo. I'm sure they will have new promo stuff, new feature art when Taisha finally takes over. But for now, it has to be about Claire. Also notably, Claire's ex, Juan Pablo, uh, made a comment about Claire's newly released promo through shade at her. Look, Juan Pablo is not, this is not the first time he's thrown shade at Claire for her upcoming season. And I really don't understand it. I He is one of the most hated bachelors of all time. Literally, everyone loved him going into his season. And by the time it was over, everyone hated him. Some of it, I think, is a culture difference. Um, European culture and American culture is very different in terms of expression, in terms of I don't know, just how you, yeah, how you express yourself. They can be very different and some of that can be not translated well. But for the most part, he's a, he's, no one likes him. It's like, just be quiet. He really needs to like not comment on her stuff at all. Like what, what does he even get out of commenting on her stuff? I, that's the thing. It's like, what are the pros and cons of you making these comments about Claire? And there are no pros, like there are no pros at all. If he came out of it, the best thing he could do was be like, I wish Claire the best. It was unfortunate. We've grown a lot as people, but he's not doing that. He's just giving like dick comments. So like there's no there's no pro to you giving like your dick commented like two cents. Like just go away and stop. He's not making himself look better. He's just acting childish. It seems very childish is what it seems like. So I don't know what his end game is, but just stop Juan Pablo. Just stop. Those are the quick and dirty updates from Bachelor Nation. There's another Bachelor Nation update, but I'm going to do that at the end during congrats and condolences. But that is what we really have for Bachelor updates. Now let's get into the top five pop culture stories of the last two weeks, really, because I missed last week. And the first one is sad. And I'm sure you are seeing this coming because this was huge news when it broke. Chadwick Boseman passes away at the age of 43 after a private battle with colon cancer. News of the actor's passing was confirmed in a statement shared to his social media accounts on the evening of Friday, August 28th. Quote, it is with immeasurable grief that we confirm the passing of Chadwick Boseman, the statement read. Chadwick was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and battled it these last four years as it progressed to stage four. A true fighter, Chadwick persevered through it all and brought you many of the films you have come to love so much. From Marshall to Da Five Bloods, August Wilson's Ma Rainery's Black Bottom, and several more, all were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was the honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in Black Panther, the statement concluded. According to the statement, Bozeman died at home with his wife, Taylor Simone Leeward, and his family by his side. Quote, the family thanks you for your love and prayers and asks that you continue to respect their privacy during a difficult time. I mean, anytime someone passes away, it's extremely sad, but this was so out of the blue. I mean, 
as it said, this was a private battle. No one knew that he had cancer. I mean, no one in the public eye. I mean, maybe some close friends did, but even a lot of his co-stars that worked closely with him made statements saying that they had no clue this was going on. And this is a testament to the fact that you kindness is never wasted. And being kind to people is important because you never know what they're going through. I respect his decision to go through this privately. There's so much of your life as an actor, as a public figure that has to be on display from your public appearances, from meeting fans, from the characters you play, the press you have to do. All of that part of it is being public. But what you choose to keep to yourself is up to you. And some people are very private about their relationships. Some people are really private about their kids. Some people are really private about the illnesses they go through. We've seen other celebrities be very like tight-lipped about some of the things that they are going through health-wise. Celebs who have just decided that this is not something they want everyone else to know about that. And I think that's their right, honestly. So I respect his decision a lot. I respect the fact that maybe he didn't want people to look at him differently or feel sorry for him or to use that as an excuse not to perform at his highest level because he truly was an amazing actor. I think he was one of those where like, I was excited to see what he was going to do next. He was definitely a talent. He definitely had a vision. He definitely was great at bringing certain characters to life. So it was like I was excited to see what he was going to do next. So it's really unfortunate. This is really just a loss for the acting community and then Hollywood as a whole because he was a great person in Hollywood. I, no one has ever said a bad word about him. He just did so many good things for others who were fans of his, who were fans of his movies, his work, things like that. He was very generous and giving. So it's just sad. It's sad to see this happen. Part of it is sad that we didn't know what was happening. It's like you wish you could sell, send people those wishes before it happened. But again, this is his choice. We have to respect that. So condolences go out to Chadwick Boseman and his family. It's just, it's very, it's sad to see. And we lost a good one. Story number two, MTV pulls off a socially distant video music awards. The 2020 MTV Video Music Awards took place Sunday, August 30th and brought some of music's greatest stars to the Big Apple. Lady Gaga was the most awarded star of the night and took home five trophies. Not only did Mother Monster win Artist of the Year and the first ever Tricon Award, but she and Ariana Grande also received three moon persons for their hit Rain On Me. BTS followed closely behind with four wins, taking the title in categories like Best Pop and Best Group, and The Weeknd won the coveted Video of the Year Award along with the award for Best R&B. The event, which was hosted by Kiki Palmer, was certainly different this year due to the global coronavirus pandemic, but it still had many of the fan-favorite elements viewers have grown to expect and love over the years. From the star-studded pre-show and the fabulous red carpet fashion to the powerful performances and spectacular speeches, the big night had it all. It was even the most social event of the year outside of the Super Bowl, with 40.1 million interactions across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I did end up watching pretty much all of the VMAs, and I am not surprised that it got 40.1 million interactions because I don't normally watch the VMA. Like, the VMAs are not a big award show for me, so I don't normally, like, watch them that much. But I am so desperate for, like, a red carpet or for, like, an award show. I'm so desperate for that that, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to watch this. Like, why not? (laughs) Plus, I was eager to see what they would do in, you know, in place of of what they have done in the past. They definitely had to pivot. So of course I'm going to watch it. I really applaud MTV for going ahead with this and trying to do the best they can. It was definitely different and it had a different flair to it. Um, but I applaud them. It wasn't my favorite award show. I mean, this just isn't isn't going to, even on a regular year where it's doing its full thing, it's not my favorite award show. So it's not ever going to be my favorite award show. But I think it was entertaining and I think they did a good job with what they had to work with. 
Lady Gaga was definitely the star of the show. In my opinion, she won so many awards. Every time she came out on stage, she had some new elaborate outfit. And all of her outfits included masks. And some were like really intense and others were more like subdued. For the most part, though, the masks matched each outfit and they were really, you know, they're just gaga. I mean, this is the woman who showed up in a meat dress. So, of course, her outfits are very extravagant and just all over the place. And she didn't disappoint in that sense. I think Kiki Palmer was a great choice to host the awards. I'm not that familiar with Kiki, and I think she did the best that she could given the situation. I think it would be hard to host an event like this that should be live and have that energy when there's no one there. There's no fans. (laughs) There's no, uh, you know, maybe adrenaline. And granted, we do that when we're in a studio, when you're reading a prompter, there's no fans or there's no adrenaline. But something like a live event like that requires energy. It requires adrenaline. It requires things like that. And to not have that there to push along your performance can be really hard. So I think she did a great job with what she could do. At times, I thought some of her stuff was a little cheesy and over the top, but it's better that it's cheesy and over the top than boring and, you know, forgetful because people don't want boring and forgetful. People want something that is going to be energetic and over the top right now because we're so starved for entertainment and for anything to stimulate us. So I think she did a really great job with what she could do, honestly. There were tons of performances. As always, Miley Cyrus had a really interesting performance of her latest song. I think it's called Midnight Sky. I think that's what it's called. But she, it was definitely interesting. She paid homage to her wrecking ball situation. She ended up getting on like a big disco ball and riding it like she did in the wrecking ball music video, which was really interesting. Miley is just always going to be Miley. It, it was interesting. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> But otherwise, yeah, good for MTV for pulling this off, for wanting to do this, for being creative, for putting the energy into it. We needed this as a pop culture society, as people who just want to be entertained. We needed this for sure. Story number three, Lori Loughlin is finally sentenced to two months in prison over the college admission scandal. On Friday, August 21st, the Full House star and husband Massimo received their sentences during a virtual court hearing. The federal judge based in Boston sentenced the actress to two months in prison, two years of supervised release, and 100 hours of community service. He also ordered she pay a fine of $150,000. Lachlan struggled to hold back tears as she addressed the judge, saying, quote, I ignored my intuition and allowed myself to be swayed from my moral compass. I thought I was acting out of love for my children, but in reality, I only underlined and diminished my daughter's abilities and accomplishments. More broadly and more importantly, I now understand that my decision helped exacerbate existing inequalities in society generally and the higher education system more specifically, end quote. Lachlan's husband Massimo was given the sentence. Lachlan's husband Massimo was given a sentence nearly double that of Lachlan's. He was sentenced to five months, two years of supervised release and 250 hours of community service, as well as a $250,000 fine. So it's good to see this finally come to an end. This has been going on for over a year at this point. And, you know, Lori and her husband Massimo famously fought this. While Felicity Huffman and William H. Macy were also involved in this, they did not fight it. And they were sentenced and served their time already. Uh, They, meaning I think Felicity Huffman was the only one who served time. But they, I mean, most people are done with this, but they famously fought it. And so it dragged on, as a lot of things do in the American justice system. What do I think of this sentencing? Uh, This is tricky because I don't think that Lori Loughlin and her husband Massimo are a danger to society. They are not, you know, threatening in any way. They're not going to hurt people. They are not criminals in a dangerous way. So locking people up who do white collar crimes, this is essentially a white collar crime. While they're not a danger to society, they are 
breaking the law and the law is there for a reason and it it needs to be punished. Do I think two months is good? I mean, I guess I don't think either of them need to be in jail forever, but there is like you should have to pay for what you have done. There needs to be punishment. Otherwise, what is the incentive to keep people from, you know, embezzling money and doing all of these things? I mean, what is the incentive not to do that if there's no punishment in the end? So part of them, they need to be made an example of. So part of that, that I understand. The more slippery slope, I think this does more so than the jail time and the fine, because let's be real, $150,000 is a drop in the bucket. And then he's got $250,000. So it's not a lot of money when you add it up together for people like this. So the money doesn't matter. The time in prison will be a shock and definitely is a slap to the ego for famous and rich people. But more so my opinion of this is that this, again, as she stated in her statement, is a testament to the fact that there are a lot of rich and famous people out there that think that the rules don't apply to them. I am rich. I am famous. Rules don't apply. My money, my my good name, my well-known name, not necessarily good name, can get me out of any problem that I might get into. And we see this all the time with people who are in this situation. Jeffrey Epstein, he is a great example of this. He's been a schmuck for so long. He's a horrible person. The reason why he was able to hide in such plain sight is because of his name and his money. He has so many connections, had so many connections, excuse me. He's dead now, but he had so many connections and so much money that he could make things go away. And we as a society and we as regular people need to make it so this is not acceptable. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much power you have. If you are going to break the law, if you're going to you know, sex traffic children, if you're going to pay to get your children into college, that's against the law. There are going to be consequences. And I am all for people earning as much money as they want and having as much success as they want. But as soon as they think that that excludes them from following the rules and the laws of society, that's where we have to draw the line. And that's where we as regular people need to hold them to a higher standard and say, I don't care if you're fucking Aunt Becky, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't do this. This isn't fair. This isn't how a you know first world society works. That's not how it works. So there do need to be consequences. And this is part of a larger discussion, I think, in terms of, you know, another thing that goes with this is the Me Too movement and Harvey Weinstein. People knew for so long what a schmuck he was. People knew he was abusing his power, but he had so much money and so much power and he could make or break anyone's career. And so you you just ignored it for so long. And that is where this this needs to stop. These are perfect examples. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, these are perfect examples of how society Society just let these people get away with this and we cannot tolerate it anymore. And I think we're getting to that point because these people are finally kind of having their day in court and being finally thrown under the bus and people are feeling confident enough to come forward. But we need to keep doing that. And where injustice is, we need to call it out. I don't care who it is. So while I don't think that they're a danger to society and this is a completely white collar crime, there needs to be punishment for wrongdoings. And so, yeah, they need to be in jail for a little bit. I'm not sure how this will go. I think they asked to, you know, serve their sentences separately, as a lot of parents do when they have minors, um, which I don't know if these girls are technically minors. still. I think one is maybe still a minor. The other one is like in her 20s. But, you know, anytime you have kids of any sort, they'll ask to one will set, you know, serve their sentence. The other one stays home and then they'll swap to serve their sentences just so that the kids don't have to go to someone else or be cared for by, you know, you want to keep things as normal as possible. 
possible for the kids. So I think that they asked to do that. I'm not sure if it's been granted. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this moving forward and then how they like PR-wise recover from this. Their publicist has got to be working overtime. So I'm not sure, but I mean, the best thing Aunt Becky and Mosmo can do at this point is kind of serve their time and then take a step back from the limelight for a while and recover and rebuild their family, you know, without some of the pressure and the press on them. Story number three, Dancing with the Stars season 29 cast has been announced. Before Wednesday, ABC had only confirmed that Caitlin Bristow and Backstreet Boy AJ McLean would be donning their dancing shoes for the next season of Dancing with the Stars. Now we know they'll be doing it at least six feet away from a truly wild list of fellow stars, including three Netflix reality stars, three athletes, several actors from beloved projects, and one iconic rapper. Some other names joining... Caitlin Bristow and McLean, Carol Baskin of Netflix fame Tiger King, also Chriselle Stoss of Netflix's Selling Sunset, Vernon Davis, Johnny Weir, Nev Shulman from the show Catfished, Jesse Metcalf, actor as well, Nelly, that's your famous iconic rapper, Jenny Mai, Charles Oakley, and a couple of other names in here. Wow. Okay, so honestly, I'm not a big Dancing with the Stars fan. The only season that I kind of watched was the season that Donald Driver was on because he's a former Packer and I love the Packers. Other than that, I don't typically love this show. I don't see the draw to it necessarily. This isn't super entertaining to me. It's just not. But I do think that it's interesting that Carol Baskin is going to be um, one of the cast uh, members of this season. And uh, Chriselle Stoss, good for her. She's had a tough go with uh, everything going on with Selling Sunset, which I love that show. If you have not watched it on Netflix, you're missing out. Vernon Davis should be interesting. Nellie should be interesting. I mean, this this is definitely a interesting cast. I like when they have a variety of people and they definitely have a great variety. And this will be interesting. I don't know. You know, sometimes you can see a former athlete. You know, a lot of times the, the athletes do well in in these, you know, positions in these shows. And so I could see maybe some of the athletes doing well. I could see maybe Caitlin Bristow doing well. I can't picture Carol Baskin doing that well, but I mean, we'll see. That's that's probably the most random one to me, honestly. Is Carol Baskin, right? I mean, don't don't people think she killed her husband, right? I mean, and now we're now we're she's on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> like it's so random. Oof. I don't know. That's all I got to say about that, really. Fifth and final story is some royal news. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have signed a $100 million deal with Netflix. It's a lot of money. Let's dig in. Six months after ceasing to be working with members of the British royal family, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are officially Hollywood producers. Meghan and Harry have founded a yet-to-be-named production company and signed a multi-year deal with Netflix, which will pay them to make documentaries, docuseries, feature films, scripted shows, and children's programming, giving the couple a global platform six months after their dramatic departure from the House of Windsor. Quote, our focus will be on creating content that informs but also gives hope, the couple said in a statement. As new parents, making inspirational family programming is also important to us. They added that Netflix's unprecedented reach will help us share impactful content that unlocks action. Their productions will be exclusive to Netflix, which has 193 million subscribers worldwide. So everyone knew this was coming. Well, not I mean, I knew this was coming. I think anyone who 
you know, thought about the royals or had an opinion about the royals or, you know, anything like that knew this was coming. When Harry and Meghan, you know, departed from senior royal duties, everyone knew that this was going to be their next move. Why wouldn't it? So first of all, when they left the royal family, they cut off a lot of their funding and a lot of their money. So as soon as they left, it's like we need to find a way to make money. What's the easiest way for them to make money? It's to just be them. It's to just, you know, use their, uh, you know, personas and whether that's creating content or whether that's hosting things or whatever it is, acting as a unit. But yeah, that's the easiest way for them to make money. Meghan Markle has already been in some things. She uh, narrated a documentary for Disney Plus and she's been doing some things. We know that she's an actress, so we know that she is interested in things like that. And we know that this is a very lucrative career. So why would they not take their talents to Hollywood, you know, in LeBron James speak? So I'm not surprised to see this. I know that they were in talks with a lot of different, you know, organizations. I know they were in talks with Disney. I know they were in talks with um, NBC Universal. So, I mean, this is... I knew they would make a deal with someone. I just didn't know who it would be. So obviously Netflix offered them the most money and the most, you know, ability to create what they wanted. So that's who they went with. But I have no doubt that there were a lot of different, you know, organizations in the conversation. It was just a matter of who was going to give them the money they wanted and the creative freedom that they wanted. So this also makes sense because they just bought a beautiful home in Montecito that needs to be paid for. There was a lot of articles coming out saying that they took out a loan or, you know, they they didn't pay it in cash. So they have a, you know, they have a mortgage on their house or whatever. <laughs> so they got to pay that mortgage. It's like a $15 million home. So, of course, they need some way to, to make the money um, that's going to afford them, you know, this lifestyle. And a lot of those things were taken care of when they were part of the royal family. But now it's not. So they got to find a way to do it on their own. So good for them. Do I know how Meghan and Harry will be as producers? Not really. Do they have producing con- like experience? Not really. So <laughs> they're totally getting these gigs based on their name and not on their experience because I don't think either of them have producing you know, histories of any sort. But that's the name of the game. That's what Hollywood is. If you have a name and can attract an audience, you will get those opportunities regardless of if you have experience in XYZ, you know, arena. So good for them, I guess. It'll be interesting to see how they continue on with this and how they continue to make their mark as regular people, quote unquote, regular people. So good for them. They got to do something. Might as well start here. You know, might as well. Okay, you guys, you know I always love to end the show with congrats and condolences. There are a lot of congrats this week because Hollywood is on a baby-making spree right now. So we have a lot of baby stuff going on. So congrats this week go to Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom because they welcomed their first child together, a baby girl named Daisy Dove Bloom on August 26th. Bloom also has a nine-year-old son with his ex, Miranda Kerr. Happy for them. I feel like Katy Perry has been pregnant for at least 15 months. I don't know if it's just because quarantine seems so long, but I swear to God, this woman's been pregnant for so long. So good for her. <laughs> good for them. Um, it's a very Katy Perry name, I feel like. Daisy Dove. That's so that's so her to name her child that. So congratulations to them. In other baby news, Ed Sheeran and wife Sherry Seaborn also welcomed their first child, a baby girl, Lyra Antarctica Seaborn Sheeran, on September 1st. What a name. Wow. Antarctica. That's quite the middle name. I love that. Good for them. We have more news, this time not with babies, but with rings. Patrick Mahomes and girlfriend Brittany Matthews got engaged on September 1st. Patrick Mahomes is, of course, the 24-year-old Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. 
And Brittany was his high school sweetheart. They have been high school sweethearts. Good for them. They've been dating forever and ever, of course. They're a cute couple. I still think Patrick Mahomes looks like he's 16 and just got his driver's license. But hey, he's 24. He's old enough to get engaged. So good for them. Another congratulations goes out to one of my favorites, Dak Shepard, who celebrated 15 years of sobriety on September 1st. He has famously, uh, you know, been an addict his entire life and is very candid about um, having gone through that battle. And he has not had a drink or drugs in 15 years. So congratulations to you, Dax. That is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Condolences this week go to bachelor couple Becca Cuffrin and Garrett, who confirmed their split this week after two years of being engaged. The two had been going through a little bit of drama that was very well documented. But this week, Becca finally confirmed via her Instagram and then via her podcast that they did, in fact, split. So it's always sad to see a relationship end. And I thought that they were really cute and I was really rooting for Becca's love story. But when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So condolences go out to those two. And there you have it, Candies. Those are my top five pop culture stories of the week. If you love today's show, then come back next Friday. I will be here again, ready to give you all of the tea. And if you're in the market for some real life topics, come back here on Tuesday where I talk openly and honestly about the messiness of being a human. And I even invite some of my super awesome and talented friends on to share their stories. Before you leave, make sure you subscribe to the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories. Make sure you tag me at Carrie.Gillespie and at Candidly Speaking Podcast. Tell a friend, tell a stranger, tell your dog, tell your Uber driver. Tell everyone. Last but certainly not least, leave us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and write a review about how I'm your internet bestie and you love hanging out with me every week. It would mean the world to me if you did that. All right, you guys, I'm signing off for the week. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Remember, adopt, don't shop, spay new to your pets, and be kind to one another.